0: i want to ask you a question this morning. What if you knew, beyond a shadow of any doubt, not debatable, that you had the authority and the power of Jesus Christ living in you, how would that change the way that you live? I'll ask it again. What if you knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you knew that you had the power and the authority of Jesus Christ living in you, how would that change your daily life? How differently would you live your life if you knew that you had the power and the authority of Jesus Christ living in you? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. A very familiar scripture to us this morning. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. If you don't have your word with you this morning, your Bible, your two-edged sword, your owner's manual for life, we're going to put it up on the screen for you, but if the computer ever goes down, you're stuck. You better bring your Bibles with you next Sunday, okay? But let's put that scripture up on the screen. Jesus says, it's Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, we know that scripture, right? For heard that before. Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, let's go to the next scripture, one that's very familiar to us. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We know that as the Great Commission. Now, let's take the next scripture after that. And he says, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And here's the part that's really the third part of this, which is part of the 20th verse, but it's the last part of it's really the, 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 the third thought of this. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. We know those three scriptures kind of uh, individually. We know that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. How many can say that that's a non-debatable issue this morning as believers in Christ? How many can say yeah, I agree with that. I mean, think about it. Jesus died and rose again. I think that we can give him the fact that no other man has done that. No other human being has done that. And so I'm, gonna, I, I'm good to give him that authority, right? Amen? He can have it. So we know that he has all authority. We also know and feel very comfortable with the understanding, at least, of the Great Commission. Go and make disciples, right? We know that. We know that. We're, we're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We've been called to do that. We've heard that so many times. And we also know it's a separate thought... He's with us always, even to the ends of the earth, right? We know those are three individual truths, don't we? But just like if you get some eggs and some flour and some sugar, and those are individual things, aren't they? Sugar is good on its own. Flour, not so good, but, you know, nice. You can get some stuff with it. Eggs, I mean, make some eggs, you know, for breakfast. But if you put all three of those together and you do it in the, in the right way, What do you got? Some sort of cake, don't you? It makes something completely different out of those three ingredients when you put those three together. So if you take these three thoughts of what Jesus has said, and these are the words of Jesus. He says, all authority has been given to me. Now... Go, and then therefore, he says therefore, so there's an attachment to it. When he says, therefore, go make disciples, therefore, you've heard this probably before, when you see the words therefore in the scripture, you want to find out what it's there for. So you go back to find out what they're talking about. So he starts off saying, therefore, go make disciples, right? Therefore, go and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, but I got to go back to therefore because I got to know how how am I how how am I how can I do this? How can I make disciples? Wait a minute, all power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Oh, there's a clue there. Because in my own strength I can't make disciples. In my own strength I can't save anybody. I cannot save you. I can't even I can't baptize you. I can maybe preach to you the word, but I can't make the word come alive. That's only the Holy Spirit's work, right? Jesus saves, Jesus baptizes, and Jesus illuminates his word to us. So it's not in my strength or yours that we can do it. And that's why it's so overwhelming and kind of intimidating for us when we go door to door and say, God thinks you're amazing. And we, we, we kind of get afraid, you know, about telling people about Jesus a lot of times, because we think that it's on our own in our own strength and on our own uh, ability to do it. I can't do it. In fact, I won't do it. And that's why most of us step back and say, well, I'm just not going to do it. Because we fail to connect the first thought with the second thought. The first thing that Jesus said with the second thing. So what's the first thing that he said? All. Say that word with me. All. All. That means 99.9%, right? Power. No. That means Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, right? That means uh, when he feels like it. When he's in the right mood. When you do the right things. Nothing. All means all. It means just a little bit. All what? Authority? Put that scripture back up. Verse 18. All what? Authority. Uh, Authority. That's a pretty big word right there. Authority means I'm in charge. I'm in control. I got this. And he's the ultimate authority. So it's not most authority has been given to me some authority has been given to me all authority say that with me all authority all authority say it all authority has been given to who jesus yeah it's been given to jesus all he says all authority has been given to me jesus he's talking about himself now here's two different parts about this. this is kind of interesting in heaven and on earth you notice it didn't say on heaven and on earth or in heaven and in earth i mean it's very specific in heaven and on earth now I'm glad that Jesus has authority in heaven, but I don't know about you, but the last time I've done spiritual warfare on Jupiter has been like never. So how in the world does that mean in heaven? Why would I need, ha- why-, why would Jesus need to have authority in heaven? What part of heaven are we talking about? Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 for a second. I hearkened to this last week, but this bears repeating. Put that scripture up if you will. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the where? Heavenly realms. In the where? In the where? In the heavenly realms. So think about this. All authority, Jesus says, has been given to me in... Heaven, or in the heavenlies, in the heavenly stratospheres, in the places that we can't see and we can't go to, but Jesus is there, he can see it, and he has authority over it. What spiritual realms are we, heavenly realms, keep that up there for you, if you will. What heavenly realms are we talking about? Uh, there's, some, there's some rulers in that heavenly realm. There's some authorities in that heavenly realm. There's some powers that are dark and there's some spiritual forces of evil in that heavenly realm. And I cannot see them. I cannot battle against them. I can't go there. But Jesus can. Jesus does. Jesus is. And he has some authority over those realms, doesn't he? All authority over those realms. He has all authority over. So keep that in mind. I'm not, you're not battling against your husband, your wife, your boss, the. The, the, the agenda that's going on in the world today, the person sitting next to you, the person that messes with you on social media, whatever. You're not battling against any of those people. Well, sure I am, Pastor. I just had an argument with them yesterday. I know that. <laughs> I didn't know that, but okay, I get it. I'm sorry to hear that. But you're not battling against them. They're not your enemy. Jesus loves them. And they're just hateful or they're angry or they're whatever, you know. But Jesus loves them. He died for them, just like He died for you, and He loves you. But you're not battling against them, and they may feel like you are, but you're not. And what you don't want to do is turn to them and say, "I'm not battling against you," but you're, you're, old devil. Don't, don't call him the devil. Just be nice to him, be kind, because you win more people with love than you do with hate. You know, you don't want to be ugly to him. But you got you have to understand that when you're battling against the stuff, this oppression that you feel like that's going on in your life. That your battle is not against human beings, but it's against the spiritual realms, the forces of darkness, those authorities, those rulers against you, because Christ is in you, because because you're on the Lord's side. Who's on the Lord's side? If you're on the Lord's side, then Satan is against you. And so the battles that are going on in the spiritual realm, I can't go there in my own strength, but I can dispatch the power of God through me to do those battles that make sense? So if you feel like there's a battle going on in your life, there's nothing you can do about it except say, all right, Jesus, you have all authority in those those spiritual stratospheres that are going on in the heavenlies. And I dispatch your warring angels. I dispatch your blood. I dispatch your powerful name into those stratospheres that are doing battle against me, that are oppressing me, that are discouraging me, that are trying to defeat me. And in the name of Jesus, that is above every name, that every knee will bow and tongue confess, I declare that I have victory. I declare that you're fighting my battles for me because all authority, because all authority has been given to you in that heavenly realm. Okay, so there's that. On earth, he says. So he's kind of like covering all of his bases. Because, again, we've never traveled to Jupiter or Mars or anything like that, but there's some spiritual heavenly realms that are going in the spiritual, in the, in the spiritual realms, okay? But also, we live here on this earth, don't we? Last time I checked, we're all earthlings, right? <laughs> Nobody else lives anywhere else. So, on earth, he says. So, he's being very specific when he says this. All authority has been given in these things in the spiritual realm, but also the things on this earth. And it's almost like he's saying this. I have all authority... Um, In the things that you can't see, and also the things that you can see. In the things that are spiritual, but also in the things that are physical. I have all authority over everything. So as you're walking through your life, Jesus is there. And all authority has been given to him. I want to read one more scripture out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And this is Jesus, this is uh, the Apostle Paul talking about Jesus. He says, I also, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. What is the hope that, which he's called us, by the way? Yeah, salvation. The hope that he's called us to salvation. So he's saying this. I hope, my prayers for you today, that your eyes, the eyes of your heart. Did you know that your eyes, your heart has eyes? Yeah. Open the eyes of my heart that I may see you, you know. Lord, let my heart eyes see and be enlightened. And be open to the fact that I have a hope of salvation. How many knows that by the blood of Jesus Christ, when we confess our sins, we're saved, amen? So it's just that, we have that hope. That's a blessed hope. And then it moves on, it says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in all of his things. Well, we can say that's heaven. We can say that it's that's not just in heaven one day, but also blessings on the earth in different ways. He blesses us with a wonderful inheritance. It basically it's this, everything that belongs to God is ours. And he owns everything. We're speaking in a lot of absolutes this morning, aren't we? All power, and he owns everything. And that's good. I'm glad that I'm serving a God like that. How about you? So what is our glorious inheritance as a saint of God? Everything that God has is his disposal. Whether it's things, whether it's uh, help, whether it's uh, strength, whether it's healing, whatever it is. And one day it's heaven. And then it moves on to the next verse. It says, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. There we go. That goes back to all power, all authority rather, has been given to me, Jesus says, in heaven and on earth. So open the eyes of my heart. Let's connect this here. Open the eyes of my heart so that I understand, Lord, not only am I saved, and I know that I am, not only do I enjoy all of his blessings on earth and in heaven one day, but also uh, help me to open the eyes of my heart to understand that there's power, there's this great power that is in me, that is of Jesus Christ. And again, all authority, all powerful authority has been given to Christ. So there is that understanding that I think that we're kind of lacking, that we're kind of not getting to as a church of Jesus Christ. But Lord, open the eyes of my heart so that I can understand that I've got salvation. I got all your blessings in heaven one day, but also I have your power. And then it clarifies this. It kind of elaborates this power. It says that power is like the working of his mighty strength. God's mighty strength, verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you and me today. Say that with me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in me. That's what this is talking about. I'm pointing to scripture up there where you guys are looking at it there, so forgive me if I do that. So that same power, it says he he exerted Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Keep going. Far above, here it is again, in the spiritual realms here, far above all rule, and authority. That power is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. His power, his authority is far above all other rule, above all other authority, above all other power, and above all other dominion. His power, his authority is far above all those. And every title that can be given, the highest title that anybody has in the spiritual realm or in the physical realm, God's given Jesus the highest title, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So not just here today, but for all of eternity, his name and his authority will never cease and will never fade, will never diminish. Last, uh, the next verse. And God placed all things where? Under his feet. There it is again, all speaking in absolutes, not some things, not most things, not the things that, that he feels like, but all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Who's the church? That's us. That's the bride of Christ. Last verse, which is his body, the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Oh, stop right there. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You are filled with the power and the authority of Christ as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. You individually and us corporately are filled with all authority and all power, the power of Christ. Listen to me this morning. The power of Christ is living in you. All authority and all power. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 28 again. And let's go to that uh, 19th verse. Therefore, therefore go and make disciples. So I want you to catch this real quick. One more time, review. All power, all authority, is living in you. Jesus has it, and as a believer, you have it in you. You hear me? So, we know this next verse is the Great Commission. Let's kind of break that word up: Commission, because it's co-mission. So, Stephen, if you and I were to own a business together on equal terms, we would be co-owners, wouldn't we? Co-owners. Maybe different responsibilities. Maybe I'm the you know, I'm taking care of the sales, and you're taking care of the behind-the-scenes Whatever, you know. But equally, we're working together so that that business succeeds. The word cooperate. If you separate that out, cooperate. Uh, maybe a couple of doctors are operating on me. <laughs> and they're cooperating, you know. And I certainly want them to cooperate so that things go well. co owner co-laborer. I'm going to work together with you, Jim. We're going to work together at this task and we're going to build this building and we're going to labor together and we're going to enjoy the fruit of our labor and it's going to be a good building. But I need you to take care of one one thing and I'm going to take care of another, but we're going to work together on equal terms, equal ownership and equal success and equal joy through it as a co-laborer. You're not my boss and I'm not yours. We're working together. And that's what the co-mission is. That Jesus says, I've got a job to do while I'm on this earth, and I'm going to do it. But I'm also then, once I'm out of here, preparing you guys, because now my job is now your job. And that's what the co-mission is. It's not my mission as the pastor. It's not his mission as Christ. It's our mission as the church, because he's empowered us as the church. We just read that in Ephesians. That same power is in his bride, the body. Not just the leader, not just the pastor, not just a few people, the evangelists and all those sort of people that are kind of, that's their job. It's all of our joy and privilege to do. But I think where we stop at this and say, well, yeah, the Great Commission has uh, is, 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 is been given to me to do, but I'm really not uh, equipped to do it because I've not been called full time ministry, blah, 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 blah. I don't have a reverend in front of my name. You know, I didn't go to Bible school. All those sort of things, right? Push that aside. We just read in Ephesians, it has nothing to do with being a minister of the gospel. It has everything to do with being the body, the bride of Christ. You raise your hand again, say, I'm the part of the bride of Christ. Most of you are not gonna raise your hands anymore. It's like, I don't know about that, because that means I'm a response. But yeah, you are, you already did it. I already made you raise your hands early and you did it. You only warmed up to it. You are the part of the body of Christ. And so, if that's the case, since it's true, God has called you and I to go and do what he's called us to go and do because now it's our turn. We're in this generation. Don't worry about last generation. Don't worry about halfway around the world. He's placed us here in this community for such a time as this in this generation as now it's our mission. And he's not sent it. He's not given us uh, this mission to do it all by ourselves. He's not sent us out alone. All power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth Therefore, go make disciples. So he's saying, not on my own strength, but in the strength of Christ. Not on my own ability, but in the ability of Christ. But it's not an option. It's a mission that he's called us to do. Let's go to that last part of this, Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to catch one more thing here. Uh, he says, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I love that part. I'm so thankful, and we've quoted that scripture before, haven't we? Lord, I know you're with me. You'll never leave me or forsake me. You promise you're going to be with me even to the end of the age. It's very comforting, isn't it, to know that the struggles that we go through, no matter what. In fact, let's look at Psalm 139 and take a few verses here and look at this, because it talks about Him being with us. Where can I go? It says, this is David crying out. Where can I go from Your Spirit? Where can I flee from Your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make up my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. He's there. He's there. There's nowhere that you can go. There's no depths of discouragement. There's no, you can't run from him. How many's tried to ever run from God before? Yeah. You can't run from him. You think, okay, I've lost him. And he's like, he was, he was like there. Remember that cartoon of that little dope de- deputy dog? He'd go, boo. Remember that little guy? And the, the wolf would try to run as fast as he could wherever he needed to go to get away from deputy dog, the slow little dog like that, and this fast wolf. And that, that, that wolf would show up, and <laughs> that wolf would open the door, and the, the little dog, he'd just go, Boo. And it just freaked the guy out, you know? He's always, that's, that's like God. God's just sitting there like, boo. I'm here. You can't run from me. But that's good to know that He's with us even in our deepest, darkest despair, in our struggles, in our fears, in our anxieties, in our feeling of lack, you know? He says, I'm not sending you out here. By yourself, not only do you have my authority, but I'm going with you every step of the way. To the highs, to the lows, to the left, to the right, all corners of the earth, wherever it is, he's got you and he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. I love the absolutes of God's word in this truth. All authority never leave you. We can count on it. Nothing that can keep us from the love of the Father. So I want to ask you this question again, what would you do, and how would it change your life? How would you change the decisions that you make, the choices that you make, the steps that you take every day, if you knew that you had all authority and power of Jesus Christ living inside of you? Because the fact is, is that you do. I do. But I think there's a disconnect there. Because I think we've taken those three scriptures, as I said earlier, and left them to be stand alone instead of mixing them all together. Mm -hmm. So let's mix them all together this morning. And let's think through something here. I want to ask you a question. Let me give you an example, of of, of, uh, maybe an illustration. Um, A man and a woman, a man pursued a woman who was down and out, poor needing love and attention. The man was wealthy and saw this woman and loved her. And eventually the woman saw the love for the man as he continued to be there for her and woo her and court her. They fell in love together. She realized, this man loves me. I'm I'm valuable. I'm worthwhile. I, I have a future. So a wedding date was set, celebration took place on the wedding day, and it was great for quite a while. The the, the husband would write love letters and the the woman would, the wife would read them and they would spend time together in intimate conversation in intimate activities with one another as well, just loving on one another. And the woman felt so wonderfully loved and the, the husband just kept pouring out love and attention, and they enjoyed each other. They laughed together. They, they couldn't wait to spend time with one another. They just couldn't get enough of each other. But eventually, ultimately, after a while, the, the woman began to step back a little bit. She she started getting distracted with other interests and other things. And slowly but surely, uh, she stopped spending as much time with him. She she stopped reading his love letters. She She just got pulled away to other things, her heart became drawn to other things and after a while the uh, it, it was relegated to uh, she just spent about an hour or so a week with him an hour a week kind of set on the calendar and even then that was kind of debatable and depending on if some better offer came up she would not even show up then but even in the time that she did spend with him he was sitting in the living room with them, and she'd look at her watch, He'd nod off, doze off, yawn, check her phone, social media. She wasn't engaged. She wasn't there. How do you think the husband would feel? How would you feel? See, there's a relationship that goes on here, because I want to talk to you one more, one, about one more thing. I think the difference here, we, we, we can look and say, well, I, 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 want, I, I want to be used of the Lord. I, 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 want, to, I want to see some things happen. I, I'm so tired of hearing stories in these third world countries. We talked about this, you know, Lorenzo uh, and Josh we, we, and John. We talked about these, these miracles that are taking place in third world countries now, today, in this day and age. Miracles still take place. They didn't cease in the book of Acts when it was written. They continue on. They've been documented through history, the church history. Miracles take place. Angels show up and do wonderful things in people's lives, you know, to rescue them. And the Holy Spirit comes and fills people and demons are cast out and bodies are healed. I mean, blind eyes are open and people that are lame are walking. It's legitimate, documented miracles. But we don't hear stuff like that happening in the United States, in in the Western world, I should say. It just doesn't happen. I don't know. Maybe it's because we don't need him that much because we have the medicines, we have the doctors, we have the self-help books, we have those other things. And so we go to that first, you know. And when we pray, I just wonder if we when we pray, do we really believe that God's going to heal? Because it's so many times before he has it, you know. And so we kind of get to Depressed, discouraged, we'd lose heart. I prayed and they, they didn't get saved or they didn't get healed. They didn't get delivered. They died. They, they're still, we're still, you know, separate. Relationships are broken. God's not doing a work. I mean, what do you do with that, you know? And, I, and I, I want us to, right now, feel a little bit of uncomfortable restlessness because I'm wrestling with this and I have been. And I want you to wrestle with it with me. Because, as the Western Church over the last years decades i don 't know maybe even a century or more, the miracles, the power of God, the move of god i 'm not just talking about revivals that get people stirred up and get people drawn back to him and you know recalibrate their hearts back to true north, those are good, those are important uh, but i 'm talking about like a continual sort of life of miracles. Uh, this is a story in the book of Acts, chapter 3 and 4. Um, it talks about Peter and John. And this is right after the Holy Spirit, and this is going to harken back to last week, by the way. So right after the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room and filled each one. Peter and John were walking one day to go to the temple. And uh, there was this man that had been set there every day for years. He's about 40 years old. And they sat him down there, and he would basically say, hey, give me some money. And people would just throw you know money into the bucket or whatever. Uh, and so Peter and John were walking, going to the temple to pray, and the man hollered out, got Peter's and John's attemp- uh, uh, John, Peter and John's attention. And Peter turned to this man and said, yeah, I tell you what. Let, let's talk about this for a second. Well, he they, they got he said to the, the man thought he was going to get some money, and Peter said, "Silver and gold, have I none? But what I do have, I, I give to you. Take up your bed and walk." And so the man, it was a miracle. I mean, again, he's forty year old man, lame from birth, and he and Peter helped pick him up, and, and immediately strengthened him in his legs. The guy took up his bed and walked, and, and and the whole city just was drawn to that. And Peter, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached the word again. So that miracle produced, and it says at the end of chapter 3, that 5,000 more people came to know Jesus. The church was added to again from that one miracle. Powerful. And then in chapter 4, the religious leaders had to show up and have their, you know, day. So they brought in Peter and John and said, yeah, come on in here, we need to talk about this. Stop preaching about Jesus, they said. Stop it. And Peter Filled with the Spirit, boldly said, you know, whether it is, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase. You can say what you want to say, but this same Jesus that you killed has been raised from the dead. And he is the one that brought healing to this man. And I can no more not preach Jesus than to breathe. Well, imagine being one of these spiritual leaders that was sitting there going, you know, talk to me that way. And they were taken back. They, they had Peter and John removed from the room, but while, and they began, they discussed it for a little bit, but in that interim time, it says something very key in uh, Acts chapter four, verse 13. Put that scripture up there. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Keep that up there. And I think we've discovered the clue as to why possibly the Western Church and parts of the other world, the Church of Jesus Christ, has become less powerful, less influential, less impactful for the mission, the commission. And that is we got all these self-help books, we got music, we can read, you know, from authors, Christian authors, and we can listen to worship music all the time. We have never been more at our disposal, accessible Christian stuff, right, than in this generation. I mean, it's there, and it's there in all sorts of different mediums, electronically, on our phones, on the computer, we can open a book, you name it with all that information that we have, with all that knowledge of who Jesus is, I wonder, I wonder, if it's knowing more about him than rather knowing him. Let's go back to that example. The bride and the groom. She was so in love with the man, spent so much time with him, couldn't get enough of him, but ultimately started fading away and... There really wasn't a relationship there. I have to wonder, and I want you to be really uncomfortable with this this morning, as I am. I have to wonder if the reason that we as a church of Jesus Christ in this Western world are not seeing the miracles, are not seeing the power of God like what happened with Peter and John, like what happened in the book of Acts, like what's happened in church history at different times when there was a move of God and people really took this thing seriously I just have to wonder if maybe it's because we're not spending time with Jesus so you may have your calendar on your phone or you may have a little day timer I want you to go ahead and take that out I'm giving you permission to open up your phones (laughs) and open it to your calendar do it now while I'm talking just open up your calendar if you have it with you if it's at home do it when you get home if you have it on your phone open it up now I want you to look at something I want you to just look at your week. Take the dog to the vet. Go to the dentist. Got to work Monday through Friday, nine to five. Got to go to school Monday through Friday, eight to three. Got to pick up the kids from school. Got to drop off the kids. I got to, I got to, I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to get the groceries and I got to do the da-da-da-da-da. There's a list of things that are responsibilities that we have to do. I want to ask you, is there anywhere on that list don't take this wrong. I'm here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you. Is there anything on that list this week that says, spend time with Jesus? Hmm. That's a very uncomfortable question for us. It's an uncomfortable question for me. But as you spend time with Him, as you prioritize time with Jesus... When you're with him, his authority, power in heaven and on earth will become more present, more accessible, more there for us. And then as we're going our way to the temples of our life, school, work, groceries, doctor, whatever, as we go about our day, Peter and John did not wake up that morning and say, "Today, we're going to heal a guy." They just woke up, said, "All right, we're going to the temple. We're going to go about our day," and here's this man, and that took place. And not just the man got saved, but or healed rather, but five thousand people were added to the church that day. That's a great transaction, and that's what God wants to do, and that's commission, is He wants to see. Supernatural things, the big stuff, healings and all that, but also the small stuff, the, the healing of our heart and, the, and just the, just the alignment of who he is and who we are in him, that so we can come to that fullness that our, oh, the eyes of our heart will open up and say, "Wait a minute, there's more here. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through the rest of my life spiritually yawning. I, I want there to be some life, some activity, some, some energy, some, some, some empowerment of the Spirit that will flow through me. But if I don't get all that crud out of me, if I don't prioritize pursuing Him and loving on my, the groom, my Savior, my, 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 my precious Lord, every day, then I'm going to just kind of walk around this same sort of barn and do the same sort of thing. And we're going to have the same sort of stuff going on. So I ask you this, what if you knew that you had all power and authority living inside of you, power of Jesus Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ, how would that change the way that you live your daily lives? I would say to you this morning that it starts spending time with him and that people would be more than just taking note of you. Because taking notes like, well, oh, he's been with Jesus. But taking note is more like, oh, my goodness. It goes from ho-hum to ho-boy, you know? I, I, I want people to know that I've been with Jesus. How about you? Yeah. It's like the glory of God is radiating out, radiating out from me, right? People are like, there's something different about you, and I don't know what it is. And that's when I can tell you what it is. Because i spent time with Jesus. When you spend time with him, everywhere Jesus went... He transformed things. He made a difference. He never left it the same. Everywhere Jesus went. So as Jesus spends time with us, and we spend time with him, how many knows, I'm raising my hand, he needs to do some disrupting in my life. He needs to change some stuff in me. I need my world turned upside down by Christ. I need him to turn my money changer temple over in my heart, right? I need him to to expose the deceit and the lies in my life. I need him to, to work in me. The only way that's going to happen is if I spend time with him, hang out with him and let him do what he needs to do in my life. Do you want the power of God, the authority of God, the authority of Christ to manifest out from you? If you do, spend time with him. Take your calendar on your phone. And when you get home, before you get too busy this week, as we're resting the rest of this day or whatever this day looks like, even talk with your spouse about it or whoever, and pray, Lord, how can I spend time with you? Where can I spend time with you? And by the way, don't spend like, you know, at 11.30 right before you're dozing off the bed as you lay, no, I lay me down to sleep. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not your best time. Spend your best time with him. Give him your best. Again, you want what your spouse do that, baby, I know I've been busy all day, but I was, (laughs) nothing. Thanks, babe. Listen, he wants the best of you, all right? So figure out what that looks like in the best. I want us to walk like we did last week. We talked about Holy Spirit come to fill us. By the way, how's that been going this week? Have you have you seen a difference? I hope so. But if you read the book of Acts chapter four they took the report back if they were released by the spiritual leaders to the people and they worshiped the Lord and all that was going great and it says the Spirit of the Lord filled them and I thought well that's cool that's a perfect example of how the Holy Spirit filled them in Acts chapter 2 filled them again in Acts chapter 4 and continued to fill them and continue to fill them and that's what we talked about last week so the Holy Spirit doesn't just fill us once He continually fills us so today be filled with the Spirit church I ask if you would stand with me this morning Emma could you come up to the keyboard And I'm going to pray over you, but uh, I, I want you to walk out of here feeling a little bit uncomfortable this morning saying, all right, I'm going to wrestle with my schedule this week and I'm going to make sure that this man that I invited in my heart, this beautiful savior, the Lord of my life, the king of all kings, all authority and power has been given to him and he's living in me. I'm going to give him place in my life more than I ever have before or like I used to. But I'm going to wrestle with my schedule this week and I'm going to put him first and I'm gonna love on him. I'm gonna let him love on me so that that stuff that's in there that doesn't belong will go away and the stuff that needs to be there will come and I'll be walking in his power, walking in his authority so that I can make a difference in people's lives in that great co-mission. Let it start today. I'm not giving you a lot of answers here today but I wanna give you at least one question is uh, won't you consider spending time with jesus this week don't just give him an hour and a half on sunday mornings give him the best of your week spend time with him in his word in prayer worshiping him the fundamentals really and then just let him pour over you you know let him fill you and then people will take note there's something different about you they're going to know because you're going to be talking to people take up your bed and walk take up your bed and walk take up your bed and walk and and it's not going to be miracles that we read about in some place halfway around the world or that happened a hundred years ago but it's going to happen right here in York County it's going to happen right here in this generation it's going to happen now through the church who is in love with Jesus and giving him place and being empowered by his spirit to go and do his work that he's called us to do, Lord Jesus. As we bow our heads here today, we we repent for placing You way down the list. Forgive us. We're duly uh, chastised this morning by Your Spirit, and we know that You are doing this because You love us. We're not. You're not condemning us. You don't condemn ever, ever condemn. But you're, you're, you're loving us. You're, you're drawing us in. Your spirit is saying, won't you come and, 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 and enjoy the fullness of what I have for you. Lord, we want your blessings, yeah. and We, we want to enjoy the good things that you have, yeah. But we also know that, that, that if we don't have an intimate relationship with you, if we don't spend time with you daily, our best time in prayer, in your word, reading your love letters to us, having intimate conversation with you, just worshiping you and letting you speak to us and then working in our lives and filling us, that authority, that power that's there, that we give it full place. Lord, as we do that, I pray that you'd help us then to make that difference and that we would be effective in that mission that you've launched us out on, to be salt and light. Lord, your, your word says that you're the light of the world. But also you said in Matthew chapter 5 that we're the light of the world. So how can we be the light and you be the light? Well, that's because, Lord, your light shines through us. That's how. So, Lord, let us be that light of Christ all around us in this dark world. Open the eyes of our heart. Help us see, not only do we get heaven, not only do we get salvation, not only do we get all your blessings, but we also get your authority and power in us but we must spend time with you. Help us to see what that looks like this week so that we can walk in that power and that authority that is ours as the bride of Christ. We want to see it happen right here. Yes, we want to read about it halfway around the world. We want to see it happen right here as well. Do it, Lord Jesus.